there's just so many things that I wish I could be more proficient with my time. Efficient? I guess that's the word for it, right? See, I mm-hmm. would know that if I had more time to learn. Uh... But I got to do things like tie my shoes. I got to do teeth. things like brush them, floss them, mm-hmm. fucking clip my toenails and fingernails. I keep you up on that. I know. It's absolutely insane that these things grow that much. I know. It's it's a good sign, though. Yeah, but also why? I don't know. What are we Because we're wild animals. What are we doing that our fingernails keep growing? We are wild animals. Rawr. Yeah, but I, got, I ain't scratching trees. Well, that's why you got to clip them. Maybe you should start scratching some trees and oh, then you God. won't have to you clip your fingernails every two weeks. that would feel? I don't know. It might feel good if you do it on the right tree. Oh, God. I got to chill down my spine just thinking about <laughs> it. But like even I go as far as saying eating. Sometimes eating just is in the way. Eating as a luxury is very nice. Uh-huh. Eating as a necessity to maintain life, not fun. Could do without. I know I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch today and I, I ate and you know, I do this. Mm-hmm. I ate like four fifths of it. And then I just had that like last little nub of like crust and PB and J left. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is disgusting. I can't <laughs> eat another bite. Boob ju- I'm yeah. revolted. Oh God. Sometimes food is just like that too. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've said it on the pod, but I have so many foods where I've just been, I've, been infatuated with them mm-hmm. then just dropped them ah chef boyardee the chef boyardee story mm-hmm. when i was a kid i want to say young middle school eddie chef boyardee was my life my mom had recently bought it for me and my brother for the first time we was all about it mm-hmm. want to say we had it at least once a day mm-hmm. if not four times a week yeah red donk mm-hmm and I vividly remember one day I got up from the couch in the living room. It was just me and my brother at home. I was like, I'm going to make myself some Chef Boyardee. I am hungry. I was legitimately hungry. Mm-hmm. Got the can, put the pot on the stove, turned on the stove. I know some of you are thinking, wow, who does that? I do that. Want the pot a little bit hot before any food goes in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Pop the top of the Chef Boyardee, peel it back. Take one whiff of it and throw it in the trash. And I have never eaten Chef Boyardee since. And that's a promise. <laughs> I, 100% fact. Do you think you would eat a Chef Boyardee right now? I if mean, somebody I, gave it to you? I guess, but the thought of it is not appealing at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just took a whiff of it. And in my mind, I said, nope, I'm good on this. For the rest of my days. <laughs> and, there, and there it is. And that's it. Sorry, chef. Boy, are we done with this food. Fucking god damn. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. Boy, am I done with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chef, boy, I am done. With this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. And scene. Oh, nice. And scene productions. I'm going to jump off a cliff. (laughs) 
Abandon hope, all ye who listen to this episode. Welcome back to an absolutely delicious eye-opening, but I guess also eye-closing, depending on how well you do with horror, episode of the show-dependent podcast. The voice you're hearing right now belongs to a man named Eddie. And with him, as always, this is beautiful other half. Her name is Kayla. Hi. <laughs> hey, how you doing there? Oh, you know, going. <laughs> Go, going. I'm going. Yeah. How are you feeling today? I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm excited to talk about this. So. The heat, the heat really be draining. Yeah. I am honestly like what, what little remains of my soul is like sizzling uh-huh. bacon that you've burnt. Oh, it sucks and it's ass. Just it is really, awful. I mean, I know I'm getting old because as I tweeted the other day, I'd be making hella noises when I sit down. Oh, yeah. I was like, I went to go get a hepatitis B vaccine. And mm-hmm. when I went to sit down in the waiting room, I was like, oh, and I was like, damn, <laughs> this, is Jeez. Okay. <laughs> this is not good. Wow, you really don't have any self-control even the other, in public, The other huh? day, I also made noise just standing up. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm, and just went up, and I was like, God, I can't, I can't keep this up. You got to stop it, honey. You're going to embarrass yourself. But anyways, the point being here that the heat is really draining, and I'm definitely excited that spooky season is getting deeper and deeper into its official days. Because mm-hmm. right now, I feel like we're kind of in the pre-season of the spooky season. Oh, yeah. You know? Pre. Oh, I'm going to pre so hard. <laughs> we really did pre hard because we like got like pumpkin spice lattes oh. about three days in a row. It was. And we need another one. Honestly, should have gotten one before this. But oh. hey, mistakes were made. Hey, maybe tomorrow. Either way, let's get onto the topic. Let's get into the spooky. We go from Coraline last episode into something that can be genuinely terrifying, mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it. Today, we are covering the 2014 found footage horror film that is entitled As Above, So Below. What a fucking film. To preface this, it must be said, Kayla and I both have matching black craft masks that mm-hmm. say the title of this film, the phrase, As Above, So Below. And um, more times than you would think, more times than I would think. Yeah, definitely. People have like stopped us and said, oh, I like your mask. Is it for the movie? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow, I'm surprised so many people have watched this movie. Yep, wow. Because this doesn't feel like a movie that a lot of people would watch slash really enjoy. Or remember, maybe. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But hey, we're talking about it, so that must be some kind of indicator. It's definitely worthy. And dare I say... As I said at the end of the last episode, I think it's sort of having a resurgence. Yeah. Been seeing a lot more people talk about this film on like TikTok. Twilight. Yeah. We've got an as above, so below a sense. Ooh. Another thing that is noteworthy, as you know, we do our deep dives into Wikipedia for our very bare bones research. <laughs> and I thought I knew this information. And I guess I wasn't wrong because with permission of, from the French authorities, the film As Above So Below was shot in the actual real catacombs of Paris. 
Um, there was very little use of props. So think about that when you're watching the movie and seeing all these bones. As the actors had to use the environment around them. Production in the actual catacombs was very difficult for the cast, and especially the crew, as there was no electricity or cell phone service in the centuries-old tunnels. So they had to just, like, battery pack and, like, all that stuff. And for one cast member in general, Ben Feldman, who plays George, you'll hear about him soon, Mm -hmm. he has fucking claustrophobia. So that was legit. So he had to actually take breaks during filming to be like, just to survive. Well, I mean, it was pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, he was actually uncomfortable in the film. So (laughs) yeah, there's certain points where now knowing this, I was like, okay, he's definitely on the verge of freaking out. Mm. I'm telling you this. Certainly could not do it if I was claustrophobic. They would have to pay me so much money. If I had a phobia and then literally like 90% of the film, I have to endure that phobia. Yeah. Mm -mm. Nope. Boy, you better cut that check. Mm -hmm. I agree. I better be set for life because I'm going to be traumatized for life. (laughs) Poor George. That sucks. Poor Benjamin. Well, hey, we've hit you with more information right off the bat than we normally do. Why don't we get on into our meet cute? It's a meet cute baby. It's how we met this thing. So my introduction to this film was relatively recent. It was within the past six years. I think it was like, I don't know. I want to say like 2018, maybe. Nice. Pretty recently. I watched this with Eddie because... I don't like scary things. And by I don't like, I mean, I didn't like scary things. Only through um, my relationship with Eddie have I really gotten into horror and making it a more frequent thing that I watch and enjoy. Bang, 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 bang. Thanks, dear. You're welcome. (laughs) Hey, you love it now. No, I am. I'm very grateful and I really enjoy it. I don't really remember the context that we watched it in. I think it was just on Netflix or something. I, I mean, if I remember correctly, I think it was just like, hey, here's this movie I really love that I don't think a lot of people like. Do mm-hmm. you want to watch it? <laughs> and then we did. And I was like, ooh, that was good. I liked it. Right. And then, yeah, that was pretty much it. But it seems like you have a much longer history with this movie than I do, Eddie. So why don't you tell the people you're meat cute? Oof. People, y'all. Anyone and everyone who listens to the Show Dependent Podcast, we've got a first here, I think. Because, man, oh man, as above, so below, I think, is the first film in our whole history of the podcast Mm -hmm. that I have an absolute strong memory of watching it the first time in my life. Are you kidding me? I I very vividly... We're 32 episodes in, and this (laughs) is the first one? I very vividly remember the drive up to the theater. I remember what we talked about before. I remember watching it, freaking out. Talk more about that later. But just, yeah, it was like opening weekend, so I definitely saw this 2014. Me and my good buds sort of getting into horror movies. You know, this is still early on. Obviously, Resident Evil 4 was 2005. That was my real big break into horror, quote unquote. As we all know. Uh-huh. But since then, you know, I had seen like Paranormal Activity and it hit me a certain way. You know, did I freak out that night? Yes, but I was also, I was, I was amping myself up. I was getting up there to being uh, somewhat able to no-sell most horror nowadays. Mm-hmm. I digress. We were amped up for it. One big thing about me 
that again I will talk about later is uh demons and all this afterlife um underworld hell stuff mm-hmm. it's definitely something that I was not really too willing to dive into back in uh-huh. the day still had I guess some of that uh being raised catholic fear I suppose mm-hmm. but anyways me and my buds liked horror films I wasn't the professional I was today but I was excited and here's the thing that I remember the most on the way to the theater for whatever reason <laughs> it's just kind of the man that he is he always says shit like this mm-hmm. but one of my buddies he's uh actually the older brother of one of my real good buds you know the one yeah every single time we were like oh can't wait to watch this movie as above so below he would always say up the ass right after <laughs> <laughs> and he just said it like every single time it was like hey man are we gonna watch as above so below up the ass and i and thought it was the fantastic it has to have been at the time top 10 funniest things i've ever heard in my life i mean and, you uh, still say it today so <laughs> I, was, I was about to say legitimately when i think about this film and you i say the to title say up the ass 99 percent of the time yep i don't know it's just call me a child <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it i think it's fucking hilarious all right we go from the meat cute to the meat of the pod oh called getting to know each other getting to know each other <sighs> Ooh la la. <laughs> all right so the people we should start off talking about are our two leads and we'll we'll fill in our our other characters as well. But Scarlet is a character that I kind of struggle with. Oh. Because I really appreciate her, but it seems like all of her strengths are also her weaknesses. Ooh, okay. We'll do tell. Scarlet's a woman in STEM. Mm, queen. Which we love. Absolutely. She speaks way too many languages. For sure. Except for Aramaic for some reason. Gotta have a little plot. Yeah. We love a we love an archaeologist. Yeah. I mean and she is hot. She is very pretty. Mm-hmm. I like her a lot. But from the jump of the film, we know that she's a rule breaker. Yeah. And she's reckless. And she does a lot of things that are highly questionable in the pursuit of higher knowledge. Or, oh, yeah. you know, getting into the the real truth of everything. So, I mean, as a white woman, emphasis on white, white, she'd be doing what white people love to do, and that is illegally going into brown people's areas mm-hmm. and looking at slash stealing their shit. Yep, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. She is definitely all about that because, as Kayla said, it's in the pursuit of a higher goal. Mm-hmm. Well, that excuses it in her mind, whether it does to you or it doesn't. Oh, you know what? It's your decision. But Scarlett is definitely a whole lot right off the bat. Oh, yeah. What would you say her alignment is? Oh, she's definitely like a chaotic fucking neutral. Mm-hmm. She, I you mean, wouldn't think. I guess it wouldn't be lawful neutral. I mean, she immediately breaks the law. That's like yeah. the very first thing she does in this mm-hmm. film. <laughs> yeah. She so, like sneaks uh, no, into think... Iran. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, the military there apparently was going to blow up what she was looking for. But uh, I don't know. Still a bit strange to be like, oh, I'll do whatever I want because I deserve it. And this is what I Because I am a white woman in pursuit of knowledge. Uh Uh-huh. Forget whoever gets hurt in the process. Oh, absolutely. And especially forget 
my main man George. Yeah. Because much like borders, Scarlet definitely treats people's boundaries with little to no respect. Mm-hmm. And George pretty much has absolutely no choice in the matter for what yeah. happens in this film because he his choice is essentially the twice song yes or yes. Your fucking <laughs> answer is you can either say yes or you could say yes. Because mm-hmm. Scarlett ain't taking no for an answer. And she, I mean, she fucks this guy over. Yeah, my she mind, really does not listen to him at all. And not only that, not only does he get screwed over in this instance, but apparently... He got arrested in Turkey for her. Yeah, he got screwed over in the past, too. Yeah. So, like, when we first meet George, he's like, nah, 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 nah. I don't want nothing to do with this. He tells the cameraman, hey, you don't want nothing to do with this lady. I spent, like, a week in fucking jail because of her. Mm-hmm. And I think it must be said that George and Scarlett, I guess, are, like, nerds. Yes. They're, like, cool nerds. Really cool nerds. They're, like, badass. Sexy nerds. Mm, girl. It kind of gives me the same energy as, um, like, the mummy. Oh, nice. You're right. You know, it's very similar. It's Got everyone know, in that movie's hot. I know. And everybody, well, our two main leads in this movie, at least. The majority I of people in this film Yeah, are I think they're pretty good looking. Look right well. <laughs> You're pretty grooming good. right now. Uh, sorry, they're pretty good looking. Uh-huh. Poor George, he he ha- he is just the definition of a bottom. He yeah. just gets stepped on this entire I mean, movie. You definitely get the sense that he really likes Scarlett, you know. Oh yeah, and I she mean, seems, how do you not? And she seems to like him back. There's a very funny scene during it where hold on, let me let me take a step back and say, George, why is he so cool? This guy fucking breaks into old places. And fixes them. Mm-hmm. So he like when we are introduced to him in the film, he's fixing a super old clock that he claims when he fixes it and we hear it gong for the first time. He says this is the first time that they've heard this bell ring in over like 200 years. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I'm like, dog, there ain't no damn way. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Yeah. And then they end up like breaking into a museum because George mm-hmm. flirts with the... Right. And it's like a very funny lady. part because it's the classic. Like we see George off in the distance. He's talking to this girl. She's a very pretty lady. And then we look over at Scarlett and she's like, oh, well, she's very pretty, isn't she? <laughs> and just like in my mind, I'm just like, she's just saying, look at that fucking whore over there. Uh-huh, How dare you? That's exactly <laughs> what she's thinking. Oh, did you get an answer from the slut? Hmm, George? Mm-hmm. Did you have fun? <laughs> the little harlot. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. My goodness. Poor George. Poor the George. only reason he goes into this is because he's I don't he... even think he believes what he says when he agrees to it, though. That's the thing. He said he's only gonna translate, mm-hmm. but he knows who Scarlet is. Yeah, and he also he can't help but follow a little juicy trail, you know? What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, you know, he, they like found her juices? Oh, okay. Hey, I'm not saying oh. that. Probably. But he, he's a cool nerd. He's the type of guy where he can't just stop if there's something juicy that they just found out, right? Mm-hmm. He, he can read Aramaic. That's why she went to him. He translates something and they figure out some riddle. And he's, you can tell he's definitely like, I want to know more. 
mm-hmm. want to know more. His famous last words are, I will translate this, but then I'm done. Yeah. Obviously, man, we still got 87 minutes of runtime, my mm-hmm. guy. And uh, <laughs> you were main cast member. You're not done. You ain't going anywhere. Mm-mm. In order to get to the so below part of the as above, so below <laughs> up the ass title. Oh, God, we're not going to get into the up the ass part unless we're putting our heads up our own asses. But <sighs> Which we could say some of them maybe did. That's true. But in order to get down there. They need to find some people who are very well versed at sneaking in to the underground. The catacombs. We enter a man who goes by the name of... Wait, we enter a man? We enter a man (laughs) from stage left. Oh. Hmm. His name is Papillon, which is butterfly in French. Cute. And his gang is a woman that I think he's kind of with, maybe not. And some other dude. Seems like they're kind of together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they're like badass catacomb divers who go into the forbidden parts of the catacombs. They're apparently like, they get recommended this guy. So he's well known in the fucking like Paris. The scene, yeah, you know? the scene. I mean, they're important as like the driving force in there. They obviously get a lot of bad stuff to happen to them. Yeah. But I kind of feel like they're more so just there to get our main characters underground mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong they have really good moments yeah. it's just like I, I don't know what else do you really want to say about these people well i think that they just do a really good job like you said of moving the plot forward mm-hmm. and they also provide context oh yeah yeah, yeah. like right. modern context because george and scarlet operate in the past Ooh. all of their knowledge is like you know in the in reading books. it in books mm-hmm. they live it out and they Ooh. are aware of what's going on currently. Make they might not stuff. be aware of the historical implications of everything that they're touching and yeah. being in, but they know what's legit and what's safe and what's definitely not okay. Right. Because <laughs> they 100% know that there's places they should not go. Mm-hmm. Are they going to go there? Let's find out. <laughs> Let's get on to the next one, because this for me is like, Oh, this is where you're going to word vomit and get super excited, and I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) This is where I go off, because Mm -hmm. a big part of this film is alchemy. Let me hit you with a quote here. The path to the Philosopher's Stone is the path to madness. That's right, people. The Philosopher's Stone, the thing from Harry Potter, very famously. In, In America, it's the Sorcerer's Stone. For some reason, I don't know. I don't know either. But in fact, this is where I'm going to go off here. Get in there, dear. In alchemy, the Philosopher's Stone was an actual, real, tangible goal and is the ultimate goal of alchemy. It was called the magnum opus. You've heard the term before. You say it means at least once a month. It means the great work. And it was originally tied to alchemy. Alchemy is so fucking dope, guys. And he's about to pop off. I absolutely love this shit. I many, many, many a time, especially back in the day when I would be at work and I was at a job where I could just sit on the computer for a couple hours and do nothing. I would go down the fucking rabbit hole of research and alchemy. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like such a cool thing. And it was really big back in the time when people believed in magic and all that. Like at its core, I want you to picture Alchemy is just dudes, and there were some famous women who did it, 
trying to turn base metals into noble metals. Essentially, gold was always the goal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is associated with the Ouroboros symbol, which is like the serpent eating its tail, which I also fucking love. Well, and, that's symbolism in alchemy. Yeah. And then they also wanted to create the elixir of life, which goes along with the philosopher's stone, which grants immortal life and can heal the sick. Like, just fucking imagine it. I want you to sit there, close your eyes and imagine the time that they were in. They legitimately thought that shit like this was possible. Mm-hmm. Like there were people who they were an alchemist. And they sat in their room or in their hut and went and gathered fucking like lead (laughs) and all these different chemicals and tried to mix them together to make gold. And -hmm. people would, because obviously it's in the old world, people would just lie and believe it. But people would be like, yeah, the guy up the road fucking did it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and they believed that you could do this. Yeah. I just think it's so cool and such a perfect glimpse into what people believed back then. Because obviously nowadays we look back at them and we're like, look at these fucking dunces. Look at these idiots who thought that they they wasted their life trying to turn fucking copper into gold, right? Mm-hmm. But they fully believed it was possible. Oh, yeah. They have fucking steps. <laughs> There's like full on processes to making the Philosopher's Stone. Let me get uh, even more into the weeds right now. Love it. I, I w- if we weren't lost before, we're definitely there now. There's four fucking steps to get to the Philosopher's Stone. The first step is the Negrito, or the Blackening. Mm-hmm. And then Albedo, which is the Whitening. Then we have Citronitis, which is the Yellowing. Yeah, and finally, the fourth step is Rubido, which is the Reddening. Uh-huh. Because gold and the stone itself were associated with the red color back then. And I mean... Ugh, I could go fucking on and on. Like, I, <laughs> I legitimately, uh-huh. like, I wish in my heart of hearts, in my fucking, like, old world brain, or mm-hmm. my current brain, just totally. Yeah, they're not very different. Fucking, but just, like, <laughs> totally rejecting the modern world and all the bullshit that we have to do that's all, like, human constructs and like have to work fucking five days a week and look at how much the market sucks and all that i just fucking wish i could go be an old world alchemist Mm -hmm. and just do my silly little fucking tasks all day and in my heart of hearts think that i'm gonna make a stone that will make me live forever Mm -hmm. like just the picture of these people toiling away i fucking wish it were me i wish it were me i so i'm hearing you're a nerd. That's what. The, hmm? Wouldn't it be so sick? It would be fun. I'd just be your assistant. I'd bring you like snacks <laughs> throughout the day. Be like, uh-huh. so did you do it, honey? And you'd be like, I'm getting there. Not yet. Oh, yeah. We got some black right here, though. So we're the Never first step. Gonna get there. What was that? Nothing. I said, your hair looks good. Thank you. Mm hmm. Good luck. Hey, when I figure this out, we're going to live forever. Uh huh dies the next day <laughs> well, you and the me. freaking plague oh, me God. probably no but then i can bring you back i can't actually that's not a power of the stone it's not how it works how do you feel about alchemy i think it's really cool you are definitely way more into it than i am <laughs> um sure i don't know i i get it from this like magical sense like i'm definitely into witchcraft more than you are uh-huh. like i but then why aren't you in alchemy more well, I because it's sciencey, and I'm like, Bleh. oh, okay. See, it's essentially you, a spell. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. But the thing is, is like yours is like rooted in chemistry. Mine is less rooted in that. It's more of like feelings associated with different herbs and no, (laughs) like cinnamon and cloves and and baby's breath. No, I don't use I use rose petals. Hair of a werewolf. Fang of a vampire. You know, now I now I feel offended. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's like I feel like witchcraft and like what I like practicing or like learning more about like tarot and uh-huh. you know basic potions, simmery pots, things like that. Yeah. It's a lot of like rooted into the emotion of the things that are involved in it. Sure. Whereas opposed to alchemy, it seems like more of a science. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is. There's like a whole, there's so much more that I could talk about. There's so many more terms. Yeah, I I mean, I guess it is that, right? It's kind of the Mm -hmm. sort of being able to take actual tangible things and use science to make them new things, I guess, would be. But it also, I don't know, it's just rooted so much in the mystical for sure. You know, yeah, the, and there's a lot of overlap, I'm sure. Which is obviously the science part, but the part that I love the most about it is the mystical. It's just, like I've said twice already, the idea that you could achieve this. Mm-hmm. And just the words that they use, like calling it the magnum opus, to me is just so fucking sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, just, all the alchemical symbols, like when you see people who have all these like triangles and all this stuff, these fucking runes on their body, a lot mm-hmm. of that is from alchemy. Like yeah. the sign for air, water, fire, all that stuff. It has mm-hmm. all these things. I just think it looks dope. And it's in the logo of this movie. Yeah. And just we get to see a lot of it throughout the film, which is really cool. Yeah. And just I like the idea of it because not only the mystical parts but like the philosophy behind it is essentially a making yourself better mm-hmm. you know it's like the goal is to make yourself immortal essentially not just in the physical but I'm like- gonna repeat the path to the philosopher's stone is a path to madness and we can <laughs> see that right here people yeah i mean I guess, it is mine. Uh, it's just so good it's so good mm-hmm We'll we'll talk about the phrase later because the phrase as above so below is definitely tied to alchemy. Yeah. I could talk about this all day. And we need to move on. Um <laughs> Well, let's let's move on from this fucking mystical idea yes. into a real Very life horror. Real place. Yeah, that you could go to today. Uh-huh. If you if you lived in France, you definitely could. The catacombs are probably one of the most iconic, Mm -hmm. I guess, real life horror things you can think of. Yeah, I think that's fair. They're extremely famous. They're in Paris. Why don't you describe what, what, what is this? What are the catacombs? So the catacomb, it's the catacombs are essentially centuries Mm -hmm. of bodies. For sure. That were compiled in mass graves strategically in order to save space yep yeah it goes a lot it goes against a lot of western ideals about like the sanctity of the body and like Mm -hmm. proper burial rites because the catacombs kind of became a building underground made out of human bones right 
it was essentially it started off as like a pit where they would just yep. throw dead people in. But it and smelled so bad. So they realized, I mean, we got all these bones. What if we just made like a sick ass building out of this shit? Yeah, they're basically underground caves. Uh huh. So they're caves lined with fucking skulls of ancient humans and all their bones and you could just there's places where there's just bones just in a pile just hanging out and obviously Mm -hmm. there's approved places where you can go take the catacombs tour and that in and of itself i'm sure is something to behold because you're just among the skulls and dead fucking bones of all these dead people centuries old and they tell you why it happened and you imagine all these dead people here and you're like wow this is kind of fucking creepy Mm-hmm. But the more fun and weird part, I think it's fun. I suppose not a lot of people do. Uh huh. Is there's obviously forbidden parts of the catacombs, mm-hmm. much like this movie, where people go, and to this day, people go to the forbidden parts and fucking like party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like this think about the coolest people in your high school <laughs> the baddest of the badasses, the punks, the mm-hmm. smokers, the skaters. The fucking ravers. They're all down in the catacombs, fucking tossing human bones around, drinking mm-hmm. out of the fucking skulls when they're taking that's, shots. That's too much. And not only that, people steal the bones all the time. That's so not <laughs> cool. Can you imagine? You're like looking down, I don't know, from whatever plane of existence you end up on mm-hmm. after this life, and you're just like, that's my femur. What the hell? Ah, uh, damn. Brayden and Jaden are definitely tossing my skull around. That's not yeah. cool, man. But I mean, hey, I guess they're not using it, so. Oh, God. What would the names be in French, though? I wonder what, like, a French fuckboy name Jacques. Is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jacques sounds like a... Ooh. Pepe. <laughs> Pepe. Jacques and Pepe. Oh, my God. They're fucking my skull. What is that shit? Now you you went French cholo. I don't know how that happened, but that's where it went. There's French gang members, are there not? I know. I didn't think I sounded that cholo. No, it wasn't that bad. But we definitely got more gang towards the end. Would you steal a bone? No. You're you're a witch? No. You're a witch. I would be too concerned about the energy attached. Like, if it was a family member's, yeah. But if it was, like, just a stranger, I don't know. It's from the catacombs. You're not going to know who it is. The century is old. That's, uh, exactly. That's why I'm not screwing with that stuff. All right. Mm-hmm. Part of me feels like I might maybe steal a bone. I think what I would do is I'd leave a bone there. Excuse me? <laughs> you heard me. I'm going to cut take, off like, my arm and put it no. in there. I'd take like one of, was, one of my wisdom teeth and I'd I leave it in the catacombs. And then I could part of my body could always be in the catacombs. Wow. So then when you pass on, you can go back to the catacombs. Yeah. Wherever my bones are, I may move to. I feel like if I, if I was in the catacombs and I was lit enough, I'd definitely have a skull on my mantle. You'd be spitting all over the bones. Okay, well, that's just a natural thing that happens. <laughs> that's not any disrespect. That's just, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just spitty. Well, regardless of how you feel about that, and you can let us know. Or let us know if somehow someone listens to this who has gone to the catacombs, mm-hmm. especially the forbidden parts. I do want to say something, though. Yeah. One last real world thing before we talk about what they do in the catacombs in this film. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the catacombs are dangerous. And they talk, uh, about yeah. the, talk about this in the film. They say, 
you could get hurt down there if you run out of food, if you run out of batteries for your light or water. Very, very dangerous. Or if you get lost. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, there was a infamous video of a man who I can't remember if he was YouTube or he just did the videos and posted them on the internet in a time pre-YouTube, however mm-hmm. that worked. But there's a very famous video of a man who was exploring the catacombs. Real spooky, so let's settle in. You see him just exploring walls, exploring empty corridors, darkness. He's got a light, obviously. And then at some point, he goes from walking to running. And as you watch the video, you just see him running. And he's like sprinting and running and turning corners, seemingly without a purpose, seemingly without even thinking about it. So you can imagine... And most people think that he's lost and he's panicking. Mm-hmm. But it gets even weirder because at one point he drops the camera mm-hmm. and you just see his camera fall down on its side, classic horror movie style. And he fucking runs and disappears around a corner and he's never fucking seen again. No one has ever, he disappeared in the catacombs. Ew. So obviously, someone who was exploring found the camera and they were like, what the fuck? But yeah, this guy is gone. He's never been found. He seemingly became one of the bones amongst the pile. And the more fun theory is maybe he wasn't lost. Maybe there was something down there with him. Ew. Ew. You gave me chills. Really fucking sick. I loved it. You watch the video and you're like, God damn, there's something wrong under there. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get into how wrong it can can go. <laughs> Let's see what can happen and as above, so below. Up the ass. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When they finally go into the catacombs, which George gets fucked over. <laughs> Poor George. <laughs> you remember the jump scare? Yes. Yeah, they're they're outside the secret entrance and they're like, hey, let's go. And George's saying, nah, I ain't going. And then fucking Pap just gets blindsided by like a police officer mm-hmm. so they have to escape underground obviously george didn't want to be there and keep in mind the actual actor is claustrophobic so he's freaking out mm-hmm. they go underground they escape they're kind of forced deeper into the catacombs uh because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get to a hidden passage yes that is where scarlet is convinced to this sorcerer's stone philosopher's stone philosopher's stone there you go i was trying to americanize it you know i don't know we don't do that here she's trying to get to the philosopher's stone through the secret passage but they end up like throwing smoke bombs behind them they get pushed deeper in george you know gets dragged along the way and they end up coming to a crossroad where scarlet sees where what she perceives to be the direction that they need to go in so. order to get to their end game. Mm-hmm. But Pat, the leader of like the underground catacomb gang, mm-hmm. is like, we're not going there. Absolutely not. It's sealed for a reason. Mm-hmm. We have a friend that went in there and he, no, no, did he go in or did yes. they just, yeah, he went in and he didn't come out again. Yeah, their friend Latop the Mole. Well, that's what that means in French. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm worldly. I also he watched is. the movie. There you go. 
he knew the catacombs, the forbidden parts more than anyone, like the back of his hand. And there was one place he would never go because he knew it was evil. And it was through that little passageway mm-hmm. until one day curiosity was just too much for him. And he went in. No one ever saw him again. Mm-mm. So obviously yeah. they want to try and not go there. Mm-hmm. The solution, the better fucking idea, <laughs> is to crawl on their bellies through just piles of fucking like arm and leg bones. Yeah. Very tight space. Super tight space, can barely crawl. And it's elevated too. It's like mm-hmm. elevated against the, the roof of the tunnel. For sure. Poor Benji. Benji, the cameraman. the cameraman, he gets stuck and starts freaking out. And this is like one of the scariest parts, I think. No, you think so? Why? Because it's real. And oh, sure. it's and that's what he that's what happens in oh these, god, you know, in these um these situations where people are exploring tunnels and things like that. That is what happens is you get pinned Could never and be you me. you hyperventilate. Yeah. And that makes everything worse. Can you imagine um, Obviously, there's worse, but this is probably at least a top 25 worst way to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and to make it better, they pass by this cult of women. Oh, yeah. They're just doing... singing in a dark cavern with some candles naked. Right. And then while Benji is stuck, they hear them singing and he's like, tell them to shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> he's just make the singing freak stuff. out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, when very, I tell you. Bad. Could never be me. Mm-hmm. You say you got to crawl through that. I'm sorry. I'm nope. all for a good time. I'm out of here. Yeah, no. Nope. Bye-bye. Way too intense. But yeah, the claustrophobia factor is super real and very stressful, um, especially considering a lot of what the cast did is real. Yeah. Which is really scary and definitely something they'd have to pay me a lot of money to do. For sure. Claustrophobia is a huge part of this film. Yeah, I can only imagine watching it as someone who is claustrophobic. There's got to be some, a lot of just that real terror that goes through you. And maybe people who are claustrophobic can't really watch this film. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm not claustrophobic. I don't like small spaces, but I'm not like deathly afraid of them. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. After they crawl through this path, where do they come? The same fucking room, essentially. Yeah. And at this point, Pap is like, no, 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 no. This ain't right. This is fucked up. I can't believe this. We're screwed. There are no turns. We didn't turn at all. We just uh-huh. went straight. This is impossible. There's so no this... way we could end up in the same spot. Yeah. Look at the map. This isn't here. This is not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And then the group like gets pissed off at him. He's like, I swear, like this is. I'm not trying to screw you guys over. Like this is not. <laughs> it's like the correct. classic like, because because his buddy did that thing where he's like, oh. oh, oh, oh. And yeah, then they're like, whoa, 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 what is it? <laughs> Got your gotcha. asses. Fucking gotcha. losers. Got your ass. And then it's really not funny five minutes later. No. We'll talk about the scares in a minute. Yeah. One thing that I love about this film is that is it is essentially horror national treasure. Yeah. It does the thing that national treasure does where all of the clues, all of the things that they interact with are all real life things. Because mm-hmm. as fantastical as it sounds, like I was saying with alchemy, all this stuff existed at a time. Mm-hmm. Right? People actually thought that the Philosopher's Stone was real. Nicholas Flamel, the guy who, again, is from Harry Potter, but also was a real guy mm-hmm. who 
people believe made the Philosopher's Stone and is immortal now. They have to find his grave and go underground and they need to follow all these clues that are written in all different kinds of languages in order mm-hmm. to get there. It's just like all these real world artifacts. There's booby traps and yeah. like they have to light a headstone on fire in a right. museum to get a yeah. clue. What's and... like Nicolas Cage did with the lemon juice mm-hmm. on the on back the, of the Declaration, Declaration of, Independence. of Independence. I'm gonna kidnap the President of the United States of America. God, I love Nick Cage. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Let's do it. <laughs> God, when it. I tell you I get amped up. But it's just an aspect of this film that is really cool that I think most people agree with is when someone's just good at solving puzzles and mm-hmm. riddles. Yeah. They do and it I a like that times. it's teamwork. Yeah. They they work off of each other's knowledge and mm-hmm. and it's really cool because there is that like questioning. Specifically, I'm thinking about the, the Pharaoh's puzzle. With the Pharaoh's puzzle, yeah, with the cave-in potential mm-hmm. of having to choose the right stone to pull right. from the wall. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, they're gonna die if they screw this up. And it's fun because they pull in real life things again because they're like okay well these are supposed to stand for the planets in the solar system but like was this done before copernicus or after because it was before like the sun counted as a planet but the moon didn't or the earth didn't and this and that and all these i don't know i see it and i'm like this is fucking awesome Mm because they're they're thinking things oh yeah and they need the knowledge yeah love it so not only do they solve all these puzzles and they're very knowledgeable Mm -hmm. but then Keep in mind, young Eddie's already in there. And current Eddie's definitely in there. Mm-hmm. But then they take it one step further. And to <laughs> me, make it even cooler. Because then they bring in more of the mystical, mm-hmm. the fantastical. And Dante's Inferno Hell yeah. comes into play. Yeah. Because through all their impossible space, and they find the fucking guy, Latop, who's been gone and should be dead. Yeah, and, and he's, he's really creepy looking. He's acting all weird. He's a weird Frenchman. <laughs> is it is it George? He pulls Pap to the side and he's like, what's wrong with him? And he says, no, 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 There's he's different now. There's something mm-hmm. wrong with him. And he says, should we be following him? And Pap looks at him and says, I don't know. So uh, you're just like, okay, man, but you're supposed to know this guy. Yeah. They eventually, through all their twists and turns, and we'll talk about the scares in a minute, mm-hmm. they come to... A little passageway, very low on the ground, where you essentially have to crawl through. Otherwise, you can't get past it. And written atop of this crawl space is the phrase, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Mm -hmm. Which is the famous engraving that is supposed to be written atop the fucking passageway to hell. Love it. Definitely somewhere I want to go. I tell you, young Eddie was like, dog, ain't no way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was in the movie theater like, oh, my. They're about to show me some demons and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I was like bracing myself in the theater like, God damn, am I about to get out of here? And do I have to leave the first (laughs) movie of my life right now? Right. I've never done that. Me either. I don't, I've, I've never, never walked even, out of I've a never movie. even walked out of a movie when it sucks ass. I almost did it with uh what's it called? Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like the first two minutes of that movie, I'm just like, what is go? Why this am is, I watching yeah, this? Yeah, that. Yeah. It's wild that people do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess 
walk out of movie theaters or snort cocaine out of people's butts? I mean, both. Pretty oh. fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I was talking about movie theaters, though. Valid. Just, I guess, I guess at the end of the day, I'm just like, well, I paid for it. I may as well see it through. Mm-hmm. And if it's an ass movie, I can complain about it later and say there that I go. watched the whole thing. And uh, I've never been so scared that I had to leave. So mm-hmm. that's also good. Here you go. Yeah, the the hell stuff definitely brings in a different level. Mm-hmm. So Scarlett brings up the point after um, they read the... Well, George actually reads it because mm-hmm. I think it's in Aramaic. Probably. He reads it and then um, Scarlett's, you know, she references, I believe it's the Bible. It's either the Bible or Dante's Inferno. Or Dante's Inferno. but the And they will be made to crawl on their bellies into the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. Uh, which Ooh. is really, oh, yeah, I that makes me chills. really want to go. Line goes fucking hard. Oh, it's metal. Right? Super sick. Uh, Very scary, if real. Yeah. Very metal, if not. <laughs> but really intense. No, just so, so creepy. Yeah, yeah and cool. then they end up going. Yeah. I mean, and they have no other choice. just get worse, <laughs> as you <laughs> can imagine. Because not only are they trapped, mm-hmm. they have to keep going. Yeah, they cannot backtrack. Right, and it's and it's like the uh, obviously prior to this moment in the film, shit's not going great. No, not at all. But they're kind of like, I don't know what's happening. Ooh, I'm scared. But I just not... saw a dead guy that right, hasn't decayed in like 700 years. Yeah, but it's not really evil. Quote unquote. Yeah, it's just weird. But once you essentially enter hell, yeah, you'd, you'd imagine mm-hmm. shit's gonna get evil. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the point where it definitely gets real. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. More oh, intense. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> it's real, man. It's real. Oh, this is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some scares. Let's do it. Right off the bat. I have to say it again, claustrophobia throughout the film. The whole thing, pretty They're much. They're crawling, tight spaces. They have to swim underwater in some tight Ugh. spaces. Holes. All, all the works. Mm-hmm. Kudos to fucking Benjamin Feldman I for would, doing this. I would have had to ask for double, if not triple, the amount they were offering. Right? The more that I think about it, it's wild that he was able to do this. Mm. I wonder if there's like an interview where he talks about it, because I'd love to see. Me too. The impossible space thing, there's a lot of like psychological stuff that happens in this movie. Mm -hmm. And that's, this is like kind of where it starts. Yeah. Besides George's character, or Ben, you know, him. Uh Yeah, yeah. Just not wanting to go underground in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but the impossible space thing that, ooh, just like losing your mind together as a group, mm-hmm. that's very unnerving. Um, not being able to like figure out your your footing or where yeah, you're where at. Yeah, where you're going to go. Like there's, <laughs> there's a moment in the film where they enter a room through a hole. And then obviously as a sound cue, you hear like a, <gasps> and then you hear pop like, no. No, and it turned around and the hole's fucking gone. It's mm-hmm. like filled in. So there's just so many moments uh, where they're just like, you're stuck. Yeah, you it's a labyrinth. A, yeah, and not only that, but it's like an, a living labyrinth that's like mm-hmm. actively fucking with you yeah. and making it so you can't go back. And, and it's made out of bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's we talk, we talked about going into hell 
which is in and of itself really, really bad. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best moments of the film, because it's subtle. Yeah. And it's, I want to say it's creepy versus yeah. scary, mm-hmm. is once they enter the evil path yeah. that Pap did not want to go through. Mm-hmm. For one, they see one of his tags because he also loves the graffiti. I mean, the guy's fucking sick as hell. How could you get more badass? Right? Let's make him a tagger. They see his tag inside and everyone's like, wow, you had us going there. You've never been here, huh? And he's like, no, he's freaking out. Mm-hmm. No, I've, I've never like that wasn't me. If anyone did this, it wasn't me because I've never been here. Mm-hmm. And perfect timing underground in the catacombs they hear a fucking phone start ringing nope and in the theaters if you're not expecting it it's definitely like it can send chills down your spine because you're like what the fuck is that because they make it a huge point Mm -hmm. phones don't work down here Mm -hmm. you're not getting any signal and they're like are there still phone lines in here and they're like Mm -hmm. no they pulled them out a long time ago right there's no way this phone call should be happening right now and it's just ringing and echoing through the fucking empty hallways well and how discombobulating it is to like hear a sound in a series of tunnels yeah, and try to like echolocate. It's just mm-hmm. discombobulating. It doesn't belong, but it's like a familiar sound, but in mm-hmm. the wrong context, in it's wrong very place. eerie. Yeah. Familiar sounds in the wrong place are really fucking scary. Mm-hmm. It's like the classic idea of you're walking alone in the woods at night and you hear a baby crying. It's like, well, why, why is this here right now? Why is there a baby in the woods crying? This should not be here. Or children's laughter. Right. Another classic, yeah. The the classics. Before they find the phone, they also run into an old piano, Mm -hmm. which is, again... Weird. How the hell do you get a piano (laughs) underground? Uh And George tells a little story. Yeah. It's like, oh, I had a piano like this when I was a kid in my house, and we'd always want to play... I forget what song they play. Yeah. Oh, My Bonnie. There you go. They'd want to play my Bonnie, but the A4 key was fucked up. Uh-huh. And then he starts to play, and on cue, as soon as he hits that A4 key, it dun, 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 mm-hmm. doesn't play. Yeah. And ew. Right. Just yuck. Why is what is happening? And George around. is losing his yeah. shit. What what is going on? Dog, this I'm is... thinking the same thing when I get out of there. You gotta go. You gotta <laughs> go. You gotta go. After this, Scarlet picks up the phone why right and just hears a voice say why won't you talk to me Ugh, very creepy we already talked about latop he's still alive he does some pretty fucked up things yeah he uh brutally murders one of the party members Mm -hmm. slams her head into the ground repeatedly this is when we're in hell pretty much we're in hell and yeah, because he is full ooh, on demon. Right. And I just remembered that once they enter hell, everything's sort of like inverted. Yes. Right. Because they enter hell and they come out into the room that they were just in. Mm-hmm. Again, impossible space. But it's like mirrored. Yeah. It's the as above, so below mm-hmm. effect. 
And in this area, the Templar who was perfectly preserved is now skull and bones, and the top is now actively evil and fucking murders one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they super cool effect. The soundless tunnel. Oh my gosh, so discombobulating mm-hmm. and gross and just like sound is one of the ways like every I think everybody who watches film and is, you know, they can hear. Mm-hmm. It's like the most like lizard brain thing you can do yeah is screw with somebody's ability to gain information around them right so as soon as they go deaf in that tunnel it's just like ah this sucks right. ah, i get here and it goes from them muffled and deaf to what i think i think they alluded to the like ringing of the trumpets of heaven you know that's yep. supposed to play during judgment day because mm-hmm. they hear like a really loud horn and it fucks them up to go from silent to that horn mm-hmm. is a lot. Once they enter hell, obviously everything is intensified. And mm-hmm. can you tell us about George and his brother? Yeah. So the basic reason that George didn't want to go underground in the first place is because his brother drowned in mm-hmm. a tunnel as a child. Right. And George was there. PTSD, baby. And he was not able to save his brother because... On the way back to try to get help, he got lost. Oh. So his brother drowned to Heartbreaker. death. Heartbreaker. Very sad. Yeah. Um, and so George is, you know, stricken with grief and guilt about this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the whole reason he didn't want to go down there. Right. Um, and George ends up seeing his brother's, like, reflection reaching up towards him, begging for help. Uh-huh. And it's just driving him crazy because he's trying to like dig through the bones to get to his brother, but he's not actually there. Mm-hmm. And Tommy, oh, oh, it's so sad. It really is sad. This movie does a good job of hinting at things, mm-hmm. and with some of them, it's much more much more of a hint slash they just don't explain things at all, mm-hmm. which is good and bad, I think, in this film. Yeah, well, the people that are less important definitely get. Less of an explanation, right? Which is which very... makes for fun, makes for fun scares though. Yeah, I mean, some, some random some action need to be sudden. You're mm-hmm. right. This movie is definitely very psychological. Yeah, with the scares, and I, I think, and you had said this is the moment of yeah. the film, so mm-hmm. I'll let you describe it. But Pat, yeah, yeah, or Pat. Pop, his mm-hmm. uh, his moment is really fucking good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I know it sounds weird to say, but it's like a very beautiful like scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to really explain it, but everybody's kind of facing their own inner hell, the thing right. that bothers them the most about their life and their biggest mm-hmm. like regret. So what happens is they're they've just gone through another trial basically. Right. And they are coming to a turn. Uh in the catacomb and you just kind of see like this orange light coming from around the corner and you hear this like crackling and then they finally turn and the music is crescendoing it's getting louder it's crazy and then you see a car on fire Mm -hmm. and there is a person inside looking at pap Mm -hmm. and he is losing it because he, all he can say is, it wasn't my fault. It's, mm-hmm. It wasn't my fault. And then Pap gets like sucked in 
to this inflamed car and then it pulls into itself and disappears but drags him under right. and it only leaves his feet like sticking out of the ground like this car fire so inferno implodes mm-hmm. with this man and you're just left like because earlier we saw that he had burn marks on his hands yeah on his, or on hands. his wrist mm-hmm and I like that they don't they they say enough to where you can assume what happened, mm. but they don't have a moment where he's just like, oh, when I was younger, I was drunk I, driving. Yeah, and I, I killed, killed my someone. friend in the car. Right. Yeah, and I think it's it's just so effective because mm-hmm. you know you picture it in your head and you can assume and imagine the fucking guilt that this guy felt. Yeah, and then to be confronted with that face to face is terrifying. Very scary. Very. Well, also just like from an aesthetic standpoint, it's like very memorable. Oh, it's so striking. Like you remember the flaming car and mm-hmm. just like, well, and it's in such a tight space. I want to yeah. know how they did that because like from a safety standpoint, extremely dangerous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, right. They are in a compact room <laughs> with a car that is completely on fire. Yeah. It makes me wonder if it was like CGI or how they did it. Probably, but it was, probably, yeah. That they probably didn't do in the catacombs. <laughs> yeah, that would put the cup, put the car under there. Get it in there. <laughs> Go on, shove it down now. Mm-hmm. Very scary. After this, because they're down to three people left. Mm-hmm. Very interesting trio. Two of them make a lot of sense. The third guy, I definitely wonder why he was the one. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe a uh, Pap should have been maybe left third. Maybe who knows? But it's Pap's friend who. Kind of doesn't do too much, Mm-mm. but he's there, and uh, they're in fucking hell. Yes, because they enter a room, and for me in the movie theaters, young Eddie, I was freaking out because mm-hmm. they enter a room, and as they're walking by, there's just a person in a fucking cloak that uh-huh. walks by, and all of a sudden they're not alone, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously they had the top, but he's long past. Yeah, he's, he's gone. gone. But this thing is definitely not human. No. And then they enter a room that just has a chair in it. Ugh. Mm-mm. And then as the camera turns, there's a hooded, like all white demon essentially sitting on this chair. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a young Eddie, I was like, is that fucking Satan? Like, what, what am I looking at? Mm-hmm. And I was. When I was younger, I was scared of a lot of things. But what I was definitely never going to fuck with was demons and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Now I'm obviously more chill with that in a lot of ways. Demons? I'm chill with them. It's fine. We're cool. We're hanging out. You know, it's fine. We do a little fist bump every now and then. Say, what up? Do the nod. Like, hey, dog, how, how, how you doing? Mm-hmm. But I was definitely internally freaking out and like <laughs> trying to hold myself together. Because I was like, dog, I swear. It was like right on the precipice to where if they did like somehow took it one step further. Yeah. I was ready to like maybe be done. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the thing that bothers me the most about that scene is that the creature, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, demon, refuses to look at them. Yeah. It just gets to the point where it's like, am I going to see this thing's face? Like, mm-hmm. is it going to attack them? What's going to like that's. It's the line that they hold that drives you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. And they have the fucking demons walking around. There's wall demons. Oh, yeah. Those things are 
freaky. It reminded me of um, Rainforest Cafe. (laughs) God, your mortal enemy. Honestly, triggered from the jump. Is that one of like the scariest things in your life? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I don't really remember it, but it's enough that I'm traumatized. Yeah, (laughs) because I was like four years old. That is a deep fear you got. Oh, yeah. If you don't even remember it, but you're like, "Uh -uh." Mm uh-uh. No, thank you. No, very bad. Yeah, (laughs) very, very bad. It's it's specifically the trees (laughs) that freak me out. Oh, gorgeous. I remember when, you remember that, like, uh, Oh, I know the commercial. Yeah, the Ticketmaster tree Mm -hmm. commercial. I got triggered when that thing came out. Like, I genuinely cried. And I was, like, 17. And I was just like, what is going on? Um, But, yeah. And then my dad's like, oh, yeah, you didn't like the trees in uh, Rainforest Cafe either. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) And then he's like, yeah, when we were, like, four, we took you to Rainforest Cafe and you couldn't even handle it. Mm -hmm. So we had to leave. You were so freaked out. We had to cancel dinner. Well, yeah, it was Because of your ass. Hey, you ever heard of the game Five Nights at Freddy's? It was like that, but with the trees. Mm-hmm. They kidnapped you. And uh, I don't know. We, we found you a couple days later. Yep. Who knows? Food was good, though. Mm-hmm. Delicious. <laughs> oh, wish I could go back. but Yeah, faces and trees. If they can talk and move, we've mm. got a problem. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. And then when Scarlet does her final run, which we'll talk about in a second, mm-hmm. she falls into a pool of blood. And I think that was just done mostly for uh, to make her look hot. Honestly, blood. very effective. Right. I mean, I think we kind of already know for you. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not. You just mostly talked about trees. But which moment do you think was the scariest? At what point would you be out? The beginning. <laughs> um. When Scarlet shows up, I would leave. As soon as she's like, let's go underground, I'd be like, let's not. Mm-hmm. How about we just go get coffee instead? Credits roll. Uh-huh. I don't know what's the scariest point for me. It may be the climbing aspect. Or mm. um, I really didn't like the idea of um, when they're in the treasure room. Oh, yeah. Getting into the treasure room. They had to swim underwater oh, yeah, yeah. in yeah, a tunnel. I, can't, I, can't I do don't like the idea of that because you don't know how what long the tunnel is you don't know how long you have to hold your breath you don't know where you're going you can't see you're trapped i legitimately think about that every time in like a video game when Mm -hmm. i have to do that we'll say a tomb raider because you definitely do that in that game yeah every single time i have to swim underwater from one point to another point in my head i'm like dog people sometimes have to do this in real life yeah no and i can't imagine just swimming and swimming and running out of breath and being like there's no exit Mm -hmm. i'm dead yeah and i mean to them it seems it seems like a generally sure short path but it's still insane yeah you're going in completely blind Uh and any kind of any of the water stuff Mm -hmm. super just like it's just so dangerous oh and you know it's stanky oh yeah absolutely that water be stagnant as hell Mm mm-hmm yeah, nothing fresh going down there in a long time. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely think I would. Funny enough, in terms of the scariest part, I want to say it would be like the phone call. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, again, the creepiest thing. Yeah. I think. 
because I just imagine it or imagine sounds in the darkness. As I believe I've said on the pod, I'm really bad about overthinking things. Mm-hmm. And paranoia plays a big part in my life. So I think just hearing that phone call underground in the darkness would fuck with me real hard. Yeah. Um, even though it's not necessarily this. I don't know. I think IRL, that would be very, very creepy. Mm-hmm. At what point am I out? As soon as I got to crawl through those bones, I'm done. Yeah, it's really rough. Like, that yeah. is so scary. Yeah. I, I don't I, do well with that I, kind I of stuff. I don't do any of that stuff. I ain't gonna. I ain't exploring caves. Mm-hmm. I'm doing none of that. I, I honestly probably wouldn't even crawl into the first hole. Yeah, like, no. that's too small of a space. I'm 6'3". I don't need this, man. Like, I just maybe run off and, like, the police officer can chase me. Yep. You know, and then bought the group some time. I mean, I I got stuck in a child's play structure for like three (laughs) seconds at our local children's museum. Uh And that was enough for me. That's it. And I was like, "Uh, uh, uh." (laughs) I'm going to die here. Uh Yeah. Oh, I got it. My hip. My hip was just stuck. I'm fine. Um, Very scary. If I'm critiquing. Mm-hmm. which we definitely got to do with the things that we enjoy right yeah yeah yeah. i always found myself wishing there was some more psychological stuff mm-hmm. you know maybe do some more show us more of the other people who just kind of hella died like benji got a jump scare with a woman but we don't really know why i mean we do we figure it out what is it uh it's because he had an illegitimate child no that's not benji benji was the cameraman i know he died by falling down a hole. I know, because he, she jumped at him with the baby. Yeah. No, but he's not the one who said he had an illegitimate child. That was the random guy at the end. Oh, really? Yes. Benji was long dead by Damn this it. point. So we don't really even know what. So we have no clue Benji why that was there. He apparently just had to die. Poor uh, Benji. Suxi. Su- which I assume is like Susie, but in French. Yeah. He gets hella murdered by Latop, which I mean, maybe the point there was that they were just like good friends or something. I don't really know. Because they abandoned him and never went yeah. looking for him. But like, I wish they would have done more with that because the, the piano and the dead brother and like Scarlett's whole thing with her father, I think are very effective. Obviously, mm-hmm. Pap's fire car, super good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it, it could have been scarier. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, that would definitely require a lot more setup, though. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Choices were made. We got some good moments, but it definitely makes you want more. This would be a really good graphic novel. Oh, yeah, it'd be sick. Mm. Or, you know, if someone reboots it or something, do a little uh, do a little miniseries mm-hmm. of, like, some short tales and anthology of people that get lost in the catacombs and they're just their mind is melted mm-hmm. before they disappear forever. Yep. It'll be fun. Sounds scary. The only way out is down. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get deeper, deeper, deeper. Like most horror films, a lot of what this movie is actually about is grief uh-huh. and facing your fears. Right. Whether real or not. It's like fucking therapy. Yeah, it is therapy. It's really intensive, extreme therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not talking about it. You're doing it, baby. Mm-hmm. You're going to live this. They hit a point where George is on the brink of death. He's taken a really intense cut to the neck. He got bit by a wall demon. 
It happens to the best of us. Yeah, sometimes they catch you. Most of the time I can, you know, can slip them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor Scarlet. She obviously loves George and does not want him to die. They've already lost 75% of the party. <laughs> oh, yeah. But she thinks because she, <laughs> spoiler alert, she found the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah, that happened. She thinks that she's able to heal George again. But then she realizes because the world is mirrored, mm-hmm. the stone actually needs to be rectified uh-huh. and returned to its place in order for the powers to continue. For her to find the real stone. Correct. Which is what? I think what happened, which it was that whole phrase like vitriol that was an acronym that we didn't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. I believe their logic behind it was the original stone that they found was a fake stone, even though it seemed to have the same powers, Mm -hmm. but it was like a decoy stone. Mm -hmm. So she had to return that one in order to, because she wanted it so much, it like corrupted it. So she had to essentially get rid of the thing she wanted so much in order to earn the actual stone. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so okay. she says, I must rectify. She essentially has to make everything right. Mm-hmm. And man, oh man, Scarlet goes on a fucking speed run. We love her. What a queen. <laughs> she fucking takes off running. Uh-huh. And immediately, like, fucking stiff arms the hell out of a demon. Oh, yeah. Does a great job. Guy is just standing there, turns around like, huh? Fucking head flying mm-hmm. off his head. <laughs> Gone. See you never, guy. I mean, she was like a black belt in Krav Maga or whatever the hell it's called. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely an interesting choice, though, because we essentially see her do everything they did in the movie, but like in two minutes, she like runs and like hella climbs things and goes back under the water, goes back to the trophy room, puts the stone back, like fucking apologizes. She says the phrase "as above, so below." She gets the real stone. And, like, shit starts rumbling because now hell is, like, collapsing in on itself because she Mm -hmm. has the power. She runs all the way back. While she runs back, she's again confronted with this vision of a man hanging. And because she's rectifying, she's making everything right, she apologizes to the dead man, who turns out to be her father. Mm -hmm. She says, I'm so sorry I didn't answer the phone that night. If I had known you were in so much pain... I would have answered, would have been there for you. Mm-hmm. So we see that the phone call and everything was her guilt. Yeah. Like you said, this is therapy. This is them confronting their demons and their guilt. Mm-hmm. IRL. Oh, yeah. With blood. Uh-huh. Blah, 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 blah. Very, very good. They end up having, well, George is resurrected, basically. Yeah. The Philosopher's <laughs> Stone works. Life. Yeah. She lays hands on him and he, uh-huh. he you know, comes back. She's and then they, yep, they, they keep going and they finally find what they believe is the final jump. Mm-hmm. And they literally have to take a leap of faith down another tube. And the funny thing is, I was thinking about this today because I was re listening to our Coraline episode. I was like, how funny oh, that yeah. we did two episodes back to back that like revolve around wells. Yeah, you're right. And 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 going into the depths. Yeah, we um, certainly did not plan that, but it's no. a nice little theme of confronting mm-hmm. and just going deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. I do want to say right before 
they do this jump, Scarlet looks at George and other guy and asks them, what are you most guilty about? What do you need to fix? What do you need to confront? Mm -hmm. George says that he feels so guilty about leaving his brother because the whole time that he was lost and while his brother was dying, his brother believed that he was going to come back to save Mm -hmm. him. So that really obviously hurts this guy. And then the other guy just says like, oh, I have a kid and I say that it's not mine. Okay. (laughs) Just out of nowhere. That felt just kind of random. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we just, we literally never see anything about this. No, he's a very surface level character. Right. It's like that could have been Pap. He could have said like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I don't make it better. I killed my best friend. Something like that. And then Kayla, as you said, this is the ultimate confrontation of like how they heal. Mm-hmm. because they have to essentially give up and put all their faith into this leap mm-hmm. after confessing their problems. It's like the final sign of I'm going to make it better. Yeah, it's like the act of it's not only making it better and rectification, but it's also the act of like self-forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. It's right. they're, they're finally letting go mm-hmm. of the things that they don't have control over right. it's not scarlet's fault that her dad killed himself mm-hmm. it's not george's fault that his brother died mm-hmm. it's not that guy's i mean it is that guy's <laughs> it is that guy's that, fault. Uh, that's, he, a, that's what i'm saying it's like yeah it just kind of seems so random and doesn't really connect because mm-hmm. it's like what is it it is his fault that he's denying that it's his son because he says that he knows it's his son yeah if he like said i don't even know how you would fix that i think i have a son out there but i haven't tried to find them something mm-hmm. like that i guess yeah but anyway it's their like active kind of like self-forgiveness and um admittance yeah like they finally have to like say out loud the things that they regret and the things that scare them and then together they jump and then they end up one more impossible space one more impossible space they are looking down at another hole a hole how 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 and they they pointed out they're like we have to be we've just been going down and down and down they were saying Mm -hmm. we got to be like a thousand what is it meters yes under the surface or some some ridiculous amount Mm -hmm. but they see this like circular metal object on the ground and they're like it's a door we gotta like we gotta find a way to pull it open and get Mm -hmm. out of here and they're trying to pull and pull and then they finally like one of them pushes on it and then it gives some light and they're like what the hell so they they figure out that they have to like push it down Mm -hmm. but they're actually not pushing down they're pushing up Mm -hmm. oh it's it's very fun mm mm-hmm because they're, they're pushing down on a manhole cover mm-hmm. that in real life is being pushed up and they move it to the side. Kind of feel like this would be a fun behind the scenes thing to see because mm-hmm. they climb down, but up. Yeah. Out of a, out of the manhole. Yeah. Looks wild. Mm-hmm. Super awkward to film. I'm sure that was really challenging, mm-hmm. but yeah, they end up back on the surface of Paris <laughs> and they're just in a street and then they close the freaking manhole. Manhole, aka the exit of hell. Yeah, it's like, oh, is this just this manhole that goes straight to hell? <laughs> Perfect. 
Yeah, and then they just there for a reason, and then they just walk away. Yeah, third guy like gives him a hug, and then seemingly wanders the streets for the next six hours to seven days to the rest of his life. Because how do you how do you move on from that? Right. That's what I think at the end of movies like this, when it's just like, how do you live a normal life after this point? What do you do? Everybody's gonna think you're insane. Good for them, I guess, that the camera was still rolling, so Mm -hmm. they still have the footage. Right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Which, wow, good for those cameras. Whatever brand that is, mm-hmm. very nice. They can survive even in hell. Yeah. Good brand. Oh, yeah. That they, film, made, they made those cameras quality. too good. They need to mm-hmm. tone that down so people will buy more stuff. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But our, our heroes make it out alive and they have achieved their goal mm-hmm. and forgiven themselves and. What's they the implication of the end, though? Um, Because Scarlet seemingly still yeah. has the actual Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Because we never see her throw it or put it away. She heals George, and then they escape. Yeah, we never really see what happens. So I guess it just... I guess she has Im- immor- immortal powers now. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the implications are. She's going to live forever. Yeah. Is she going to share it? She probably would. Mm-hmm. You would think so. Yeah, I mean, final quote is of the the prefix to all of this is Benji interviewing Scarlet before they go on to this adventure together. Mm-hmm. Which is what do you want, Scarlet? Basically, why do you do this? Yeah. And she basically just says, I I just want the truth. And so if that's the truth, that there is a hell, Mm -hmm. you can live through it and come out on the other side. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a message of hope. Yeah, very true. Wow, look at you. There you go. I want to talk about the name of the film. Yes. As Above, So Below and what that means. Mm -hmm. Because it's something that when I saw this film, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was an awesome saying at a base level. I just like the way it sounded. Mm -hmm. But then when I delved into its history and what it meant, what people have traditionally taken it to mean, I think it's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great way to live your life. And I try to use this in my life more and more these days. Yeah, it's definitely like a good mantra. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to say in the mirror before you're taking on a tough day. Mm-hmm. It kind of just speaks to the power of the self. And the mind. And the mind and your ability to control the world around you. Because as above, so below is widely, and funny enough, you know, Madame Blavatsky. Yes, that piece of shit bitch liar. Yeah, uh-huh. I love her. She was a huge proponent of this, like mm-hmm. this saying and this way of life. Anyways, most people believe it to mean that the macro affects the micro and vice versa so like as above like all of the outside forces in your life affect your inside self Mm -hmm. but also so below your inside self affects your world around you Mm -hmm. which i think is pretty awesome yeah because the way i take it is like if i believe that i'm strong enough to get through this then you will be, mm-hmm. right? It's just kind of like your outlook on life and what you bring into yourself and what energy you bring to yourself and around you. I will probably get it tattooed on me at some point. 
Because mm-hmm. I it's fucking love it. And it connects to alchemy, which I love. It's sick. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Well, and on a literal sense, too, um, from a scientific standpoint, mm-hmm. we see the same patterns of the universe existing in the macro and the micro. Yeah. Like cellular patterns of a plant structure are right. similar to that of a galaxy. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool how it's true. Yeah. And it, it can be true within yourself as well. Mm-hmm. So if you, you believe if you believe yourself to be a happy and capable individual, mm-hmm. you you will actively create that. Right. Almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. If you're miserable at your job, you're putting yourself in an environment (laughs) that is maybe making you feel that way. But you could also maybe have the strength to make that less of a miserable Mm -hmm. place if you choose that path. Right. I love stuff that has to do with self-empowerment and self-belief. Oh, yeah. Look at you talking about science. Breaking it down. See, you you were neglecting science earlier with the alchemy. And you're now, right. you, now you're right back into it. We've gotten to know as above, so below. Mm-hmm. But it's time to see how we feel about it today. That's right. It's time to DTR. Define the relationship. I would really easily say this is one of my top 10 horror Ooh. films. Easily. Top I think 10. that it's very... How do I want to say it? Not, palp- not palpable. That's wrong. It's very easy to digest for somebody who has never really been exposed to a lot of horror. Mm-hmm. It's not grotesque. Right. There's not a lot of gross out factor. It's very psychological, which could be way too intense for some people. However, I think that having the background that I do with like English literature mm-hmm. and being able to like analyze things and break it down. It makes it a really enjoyable film because there's rewatch value. Yeah. The emotions seem very genuine and human. Uh-huh. You know, it's not it's not a slasher film. We're no. not running away from the big bad who's chasing us after a knife, you know, like we're running away from our shadow selves, mm-hmm. which is the scariest thing. Because we can escape a predator or a person that wants to harm us, but we can't escape ourselves. Mm-mm. So so taking away the power from the darkness uh-huh. is very inspirational. And it's also a very beautiful and sad film. Yeah. Um, much like the Babadook, which we didn't talk about, but a film that is also worth your time if you have not seen it. It deals a lot with grief and how it can affect our inner selves and our outer selves. And as somebody who has experienced very little grief, luckily in my life, this film is definitely a comfort movie, I would, Mm. I would say. And it's weird to say that, but it is, there is something comforting about watching people go through extremely challenging and scary things, but for the most part, being able to come out on the other side stronger. Right. Which is why we like a lot of different stories and films. Oh, sure. It's cathartic. It's very cathartic. And it's nice to be able to see there's something comforting about being able to see your worst fears come to life mm-hmm. in, a, in a way because you actually get to confront it. Yeah. So um, I really love this movie. 
Uh, my relationship is very strong with it. I, I really do think that this movie is worth your time if you have not seen it. Um, if you are easily scared or claustrophobic, maybe don't. Give it a try. But if you can handle it, I think it's definitely worth your time, especially if you listen to this podcast before watching it. You know what you're getting into for the most part. Oh, look at that. We're helping people. There you go. We're your little trigger warning. I really, really love this movie. I think it's well acted. It's well produced. The The quality is there. Yeah, it's easily on my watch list every year uh, because it just does a good job of making you feel what it wants you to feel. And at the end, you get to turn it off. And it's something that you can think about, but not be afraid of, which is uh, my favorite kind of an ending. As I think about it, I believe it's pretty hard for me to not say that I'm show dependent with aspects of this film. Mm-hmm. As a whole, it's definitely one of my favorite horror movies, found footage movies. I think it's super fun. I like that it's getting more love these days and people are talking about just how good of a film it is, despite it not being perfect. Mm-hmm. Not everything can be Kokomo by the Beach Boys. <laughs> the things that I'm very passionate about that are from this film, I feel like are a huge part of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talked for way too long about alchemy and like all the little terms and stuff about it. I legitimately think it's awesome. I love the idea. I've long said I'm going to get alchemical symbols and like as above, so below and stuff like so many things that I guess come from this film or are connected to this film. Mm -hmm. I would love to get them tattooed on my body Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the funnier level. As I mentioned before, I legitimately cannot say as above, so below without at least thinking up, up the, the ass, ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right after so yep. gotta be show dependent in that aspect because that oh, is yeah that is like textbook definition of show dependency is when so- something your brain cannot not make the connection it's just part of my life mm-hmm. right i am Absolutely. dependent on this because that and i still find it funny <laughs> oh it is funny not something you can say out loud everywhere no, but no, definitely no, no, something no, no. you can think very but loudly I, but i think it every time mm-hmm. as you said the themes, the confrontation of your guilt, of your past, of making it better, of rectifying. It's definitely something that I truly believe and have held on to in my life is that I have the power to make things better for myself, mm-hmm. which I think directly relates to the phrase as above, so below, right? It's the micro, it's my belief in myself and my belief in my situation that I can make my world around me better if I just try my best to do so Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day i gotta say show dependent love this film it has influenced me in many ways even some ways that i think are deeper than the film even shows Mm -hmm. but you take what you can from anything that you watch and even if it's just a little thing or even if the film wasn't necessarily supposed to show that art can be interpreted in many different ways Mm -hmm. this film has affected my life in more ways than i thought of there you go Spooky season is so deep this year. I like it. I mean, that's horror in and of itself, right? That's why we like it. It allows us to confront our demons, to confront Mm -hmm. what scares you, or to confront real life things like grief, depression. Mm -hmm. That's why we love horror. It allows us to live that out. And like you said, Kayla, I think you said it so beautifully. It allows us to see it and to see it work out, to see Mm -hmm. that we can get through it. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Show Dependent Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a follow, download, spread the word. Go to the catacombs in Paris, France yourself. Go party down there and tell all your mates before or during your stealing of bones Mm -hmm. that they should listen to the Show Dependent Podcast. Yeah. Tell them they could find it on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we will be there. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. It is at Show Dependent Pod, S-H-O Dependent Pod. If you'd like to follow myself, Eddie, well, you can follow me on Twitter, on Twitch, at Victor V. Sweet. My other half, Mm -hmm. where can you be found? You can find me at the entrance of the catacombs, not going in because it's too spooky. (laughs) But I will be selling maps outside. $20 $20 a piece. $20. Yep. You heard me. Inflation, <laughs> man. There you go. It's tough. I got to make this everyone. money somehow. You can also find me on Twitter at DJ Vivich. Next time on the Show Dependent Podcast, we will be discussing the 2002 film Signs. <laughs> yeah, it's time to get into something that legitimately terrified young Eddie. Mm-hmm. And something that also legitimately terrifies old Eddie. <laughs> fucking aliens. Hey, and we're going to talk. Having sex with aliens scares you? I mean, that is also intimidating. That is very a lot t- of pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of probing. Oh, God. Don't even get me started. Oh, God. But yes, we are going to talk about that infamous scene that anyone who knows signs knows. And I think any millennial. Mm-hmm. Has that scene burned into their brain? Yep. Because it was a moment mm-hmm. <laughs> for me and my friends. But that is next time. As, As above, above, so below. As, As I, I believe, believe the world, world to be, be so, so it is. is.